and welcome to the Mini Gaming Union podcast for Tuesday, April 20th. I'm your host, Kyle, and I'm here with Jordan. Yo. And Daryl. Hi. And I'm happy to announce the triumphant return of Alex. Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. Oh, hello. Yeah. I saw you walking by, so I pulled you in here. <laughs> so, Mini Gup is our community show for the Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union podcast series and the Gaming Union forums. This episode, we have two topics from the gaming uniforms to discuss. First up, we have, as recommended by Jordan, what games affected you emotionally? Are you trying to tell us something, Jordan? <laughs> Very emotional right oh, now. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. And then we have Modern Warfare and why I won't be buying the third. And member of the month is next show. Just to remind everyone, FFNKH Union has a new show every Tuesday. The series includes three different shows that follow a weekly release cycle of Kingdom Hearts Union, Final Fantasy Union, and of course, Mini Gup. This podcast is produced by Gaming Union and TweaksMusic.com and comes out on iTunes and GamingUnion.net. And special thanks to Gilbert, GTR, and Caleb, our forum moderators, who also help organize MiniGup. Before we jump into the threads, though, we have one site or network update, and that's about our new podcast series many of you may have heard called Live War Network. We had our first episode, which had Jamie, Adam, myself, and Daryl on it, and Daryl's host. Uh, Daryl, you want to tell us a bit more about it? Sure. So some of you may have heard it already because it appeared in this feed, but it's basically a show that focuses on the PlayStation Network, Xbox Live Arcade, and WiiWare. And it's awesome. Yeah. It's <laughs> just uh, no bias there. <laughs> I don't believe you. Well, you the, listen uh, then. <laughs> the first show, we had uh, a few games. There were Zombie Panic and Wonderland, Afterburner Climax, and Final Fight Double Impact. And we had some news and some network updates as well. So if you're interested in those kind of things, then definitely check it out. Yeah, pretty rad show. And uh, I got beef is... with part of it. Oh yeah, yeah. You want to? I got that? beef with some of the uh, the network updates. Some, uh, warm beef. Do you guys do tell. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? At the end of the show, there was a discussion of the Heavy Rain DLC, and I believe it was described as something like the like the mundane, boring experiences. Who's like... the uh, Who's the culprit here? <laughs> uh, it was pretty much all of you. I I, I, I don't think I had a comment on that section because. Uh... All right, well, you know, it was initiated by someone, yes. and anyway, I'm just going to say for the record, for the listeners, it's an interesting scene. If you liked Heavy Rain, I'd recommend checking it out, because, I don't know, it's not, you're not, like, brushing your teeth and, like, <laughs> getting dressed. Like, it's actually an interesting scene, so so do check it out. Okay. That's it. Rectified. <laughs> All right, is everybody ready for our first thread? All right. What games affected you emotionally? This was in the general gaming section, I do believe, and it was posted by Caleb. He said, For a while now, games have been striving to become a new medium in the industry, a time when games could be considered on the same level of things like movies and not just dismissed as silly things for kids. A game released early on this year called Heavy Rain has been critically acclaimed by many for its deep and emotional storyline. For many of us, there have been games that have made us cry, made us laugh, made us feel attached to the events and characters portrayed on the screen. So... With all that in mind, what games have affected you emotionally? Well, I mean, most recently there is there is heavy rain. I mean, uh, I pretty much tried to blow through that in one sitting to kind of keep it all, you know, as a one cohesive storyline. Right. I tried but, to do that uh, too. There were there were times where you know, like there was there's the one scene with your your ultra Catholic guy and you go into his house. Right. And I screwed up. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> so how did heavy rain touch you emotionally? 
Well, it was it was. Where did heavy rain touch you? Tell tell the court. Yeah, not that I'm trying to be a therapist here. Okay, we're not going there. No, but it was it was really deep. Like you actually cared about the characters, right? I mean, you know they they were they were strong strongly written, and you know you you want them to not screw up all the time, right? And it was it was a lot of like tension. Mm-hmm. It was a very tense game. Like I don't know you. You yeah, feel I like was... I there were parts in the game where I was like like my heart was <laughs> pounding for sure. Yeah. I mean there you know there's there's one point where you have to uh inflict a serious injury upon yourself. And I was, you know, I mulled over that for a while. How am I going to do this? You know, planned it all out. I still kind of messed it up. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was talking to my buddy later. He's like, "Yeah, I bandaged it up, did all this." I'm like, "Oh, you can do that?" Uh, I just walked out. Uh, <laughs> No okay, Jordan, you played Heavy Rain quite a bit, but it, would you say that's a game in particular? Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, you kind of said your heart was pounding right there. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, yeah. If you could say, like, just the visceral response of, like, things are going on, and, yeah, you care about the characters, you care what's going to happen, so that's definitely a good example. Yeah, I mean, like, it. when I think of uh, has a game affected you emotionally, I don't necessarily think of, does it make you cry? Like, I mean, I mean, there's a few games that are touching like that, but, I mean, when I think of it, I think of has a game made you like angry? Not necessarily that the game might be screwing up or glitching out or whatever, but like has it has it has it convinced you to be angry about mm-hmm. what's going characters on in the story? Moved characters you to anger towards them. Yeah, like oh, I hate that guy. He's such a oh liquor. I've had plenty of emotional responses to games near breaking the controller. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's a different story. Daryl, you yeah. seem like, you know we all know you're a pretty chill dude, but have you ever? Uh, can you can you speak to this whatsoever? Are you too man to cry, Daryl? <laughs> um, no. He's crying right now. Yeah, I am. <laughs> That's why I've been quite quiet. It's, it's, uh, yeah. it's this topic's very close to my heart. Uh, there have been some like um, like when I was playing uh, Dead Space Extraction. There's a part in that where you have to kind of dismember yourself, and that was a bit strange because you're using the Wii mote to actually do it. <laughs> <laughs> I love how our discussion of emotions references like two instances of dismembering yeah. yourself. <laughs> well, it's it's a it's a bit of a strange one because you 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 don't really want to chop your arm off. Well, so it's kind of like maybe, a moral I don't conscious know, decision. It's not my well. arm really. <laughs> you've you've got quite a nice life. <laughs> <laughs> but you're kind of playing the game, so if it makes you think, should I really be doing this? Then I guess it's achieved something. Right. I mean, Metal Gear Solid is probably the big one because, like, it's a story that's spanned, like, 10-plus years. And then you get people like David Jaffe coming out and saying there's no way a game can ever emotionally affect people. Uh, I don't really agree with that. Yeah, definitely not. I I find that's an odd thing for someone like Jaffe to say because the first God of War actually had some pretty interesting story bits, like when... Spoilers again, but I think the statute of limitations on the original God of War <laughs> is up. But you kill your own family, and then there's a part where you actually have to like protect them, and you hug them, and give yourself your like part of your life to keep them alive. Like that part, it didn't make me cry, but I was like, "Whoa, this is this is pretty I, intense." Scene. I think he meant it more from the perspective of you're 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 still holding a controller in your hand. It's the illusion isn't as great, right? Um, yeah, so I have to disagree. Yeah, I mean, no less than a movie can't move you. You're yeah, I mean, still I'm not holding something. a converter or like a bag of chips or something. I mm-hmm. Give me a controller, <laughs> all the same. And you certainly have more involvement in it than I, I can changing understand. the volume. I can. <laughs> oh, 
I, I think he kind of meant from the perspective of like gameplay. Uh, yeah, game when you're actually playing the game, not watching a not watching a cutscene because well, in fact, if you I, are I, just watching the one I was movie. about to cite was uh, the very end of Crisis Core. That I was actually quite a bit choked up for that because that game was like it makes you really care about the character Zach, and it's not a spoiler at all to because it was a prequel that you know he dies at the end of the game, and you kind of just forget about that during the joys and frolicking during through, through the game. But uh, then it comes about at the end, and it very much involves gameplay, and you're just like, oh, my God, no. Oh, oh, God, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that didn't really affect me at all. I was actually kind of annoyed that he didn't Stone- die soon. Stone cold, Daryl. Stone cold. I was just like, I was fighting for like five minutes, and I realized it was a fight that you just couldn't win. So I was like, well, okay, just kill me. And then they didn't kill me quick enough. So. <laughs> Oh, speaking, speaking of Metal Gear Solid, actually, uh, Adam, you know, he's, been, he's been on the show before, uh, had, had a quote about Metal Gear Solid in particular since we're on the topic. Adam said, There are very few games that affect me on an emotional level, but the Metal Gear Solid series would have to be one of them. Between the character design and the fact that the game series spends such a massive amount of time, Kojima provided me with the space and depth that I needed to really get attached to the characters, even if some of the plot elements were disagreeable. The only Metal Gear Solid game I played was the fourth one. Oh, man. Um, oh. Spoilers at the end where Snake is crawling through that thing. Um, I won't give it too much away. That was an intense Yeah, scene. actually, okay, yeah. That yeah was you're a- kind of like, oh, my God. Come on. And that was, that was, that was gameplay. Especially, yeah, because it hurt your finger doing it. <laughs> yeah. Like, you could feel you're the feeling tension. feeling the pain. Like, yeah. You're hurting right along with Solid Snake. Sorry, yeah. Daryl. What was that, that? That was actually the scene that Jaffe mentioned. He he said really? that he was just playing that and he didn't feel anything at all because he was like, well, what difference does it really make? Like, if you didn't do it, you kind of still didn't die or anything. You just went slower. <laughs> I didn't I actually know. test that, but I guess that's kind of the thing. You could try and pull the curtain off any game, but you're kind of ruining it mm-hmm. for yourself that way. Yeah. If you're just going to be like, oh, well, what happens if I distance myself from this? But Yeah, there's there's any sort of suspension of disbelief with any game. Because it's still a game. You're still just sitting on your couch or your computer chair playing it. So yeah. I mean, if you are constantly rooted in reality, then you're not going to get affected by it anyway. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly. It's suspension of disbelief. I mean, a lot of things are unbelievable in games, but if they get you to suspend that believability so that you believe this unfathomable stuff is, you know, logical in the sense that of the game's universe, then, you know, it's just, you can really experience it. Mm-hmm. I think that MGS4 is probably the worst for its emotional <laughs> connection for the story, though. In terms of the series? Yeah, because it was pretty much just tying everything up. There, wasn't any, there weren't really any new developments or anything like that. Yeah, they, they couldn't really pull anything off like that. I mean, there was a bit to the end, but I think of all of them, one and three yeah, probably three, had definitely. the biggest there. Because, I mean, like one, that's where it all kind of takes off right. as a series. And number three was supposed to be the end, of course. <laughs> And that was the whole big boss deal with Eva and everything there. That was a, and, uh, a pretty the, riveting story. And the boss. And it's kind of like, yeah, well, she was working for a country and they're just saying that she was a traitor. It's nice. Supposed to be the last, but then Kojima realized he likes money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got another quote here from Ventus21. They said, I got quite attached to the Kingdom Hearts series mainly because of the mix of Disney and Final Fantasy aspects brought into the game. Playing through a game that involves Disney will always have an emotional link with me, mainly because the traditional Disney brings back great memories of my childhood. This is not the only reason I love Kingdom Hearts so much, though. I also loved it because of its amazing storyline and great characters. At the end of the game, I felt I really felt connected with all the characters, and not all games can get such an emotional response out of me like Kingdom Hearts did. 
A lot of people brought up Kingdom Hearts, and I've like full disclosure, I've never played a Kingdom Hearts game. Me so I, I really <laughs> don't know, but is it that like gripping of a story? I would say the overall storyline. I mean, it's not gonna you know blow the uh, stacks off a of factory, but it, it's it's kind of the lighthearted approach that you bring to it. It's kind of a a lot of stories take themselves extremely seriously, and all of them play within that field. Kingdom Hearts really doesn't deke into that whatsoever. So it's more of a storyline game for, like, I'd say teenagers who don't care to fit in with, you know, super serious stories. So in that sense, they do play to a lot of, you know, stereotypes or typical arcs of, uh, of stories, you know, to get people in, like, the guy for the, getting the girl and saving his friends <laughs> and whatnot. But they, they pulled off really well, and it, it does get people in this, hence why the series is so exceedingly popular. And you already know the characters. Yeah, exactly. So... Character development doesn't need to be intense. <laughs> like, hey, it's Timon and Pumbaa. I know you. <laughs> Let's go. Have any of you guys ever played uh, either of the Team Eco games, Eco or Shadow of the Colossus? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I thought those were a really good example of conveying emotion and storytelling through just the gameplay because neither of those games actually... Yeah, there's I don't no even narrative. There's, yeah, there's almost no dialogue in the games. The story is very... It seems distant, but as, like, Shadow of the Colossus, for example, like, every time you kill a Colossus, there's the... Like, you stab it, and there's this, like, dark energy that gets emitted from it, and it gets sucked into you, and as the game progresses, your character gets, like, affected by this. Right. And it's sort of this whole weird thing about, like, should I really be killing these Colossi? Because... Of like what it's doing to me and how like they're not really doing anything to me. I'm just kind of coming and yeah. brutally killing all of them. But and <laughs> I think I got fleas. It's oh, very God. it's very subtle and it's brutal murder of innocent yeah. creatures. Yeah, yeah. But it's, <laughs> it's a weird. Really big. It's not so. Bad. Also, I like I like the proper use of the the Colossi. plural colossus. <laughs> colossus. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed that colossi. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Plus, like by the yeah. end of the game, and you and you realize why he's doing it, uh, and uh, you're like, well, that's not really that great and then you just get confused by the ending did any of you guys <laughs> play eco the first one uh i've very, watched it getting played. very little it's it's good too it's a lot different than that but it's got the same sort of like the story is pretty distant and there's not much dialogue but you, you carry around this one girl who uh i don't know she has some sort of abilities and powers and in your character likes her but you like you pull her along and she like gets trapped but the gameplay mechanics make you like feel uh like a sense of distress whenever she gets like taken away or yeah, like, being yeah. pulled away then you're like immediately drawn to try and like get her back like i don't know the way that's why i'm so excited for the last guardian because yeah. i think yeah that that development team they get it right every time mm-hmm. those are really good examples i think I have uh, one more quote before we move along. It's from Squirrel King 101 on the forums. Final Fantasy X. When I beat this game, my brother had just gone to college. I could relate so much that I actually cried. Not just teary-eyed, but when, the game, when I beat the game, I was in tears. My parents were just dumbfounded until I explained 30 minutes later. It is plain and simple, missing someone you cherish and something you want to stay with, but they make it so dramatic and so sad that I couldn't hold back. This game is just one of those games that forever will hit everybody because everybody loses something they cherish. Uh, real quick before we move on. So of all the games you've played, which one pops into the mind the most in terms of what, you know, struck a nerve, be it anger, awesome, <laughs> crying. 
that's a tough that's one. That's yeah. that's tough. Um, For me, I'd have to say Crisis Core. I just like I, I really you know suspended a lot of disbelief. Not that the game really required a lot, but I you know I let myself get attached to that game just because you know I I loved Seven when I was growing up, so it was really easy to just get attached immediately. Then the story just takes off and dramatic conclusion. Flower was another good one. I won't say it's like my favorite, but that was, that was a good example of uh, simple storytelling there? through gameplay. Oh yeah, yes, yeah, that's very true. Yeah, but uh, I, I don't, I can't actually say what like the most impactful ever is. But yeah, I, I would probably have to say Metal Gear Solid Three. I mean, you get a a very strong attachment there, and like it's really well written too. Right. And then lately, obviously, Heavy Rain. Like that's that's definitely something. It got a response out of me. <laughs> so, so you're getting Peace Walker then? Oh, definitely. definitely. How about you, Daryl? I, too, will have to say Metal Gear Solid 3. Ooh. Like, the ending is just... You kind of you feel sad, but you're also really, really angry. Mm-hmm. Like, no, Snake no, is just there <laughs> shaking these guys' hands, and you can tell he's just extremely pissed off. I tried to play Metal Gear Solid 3, but this was, like, a year ago, long after it had been out, and going back to those controls is so difficult. I tried to pick up Metal Gear Solid 2, I tried 3, and I was like, I can't figure out what the hell is going on with this controller. <laughs> Found a subsistence. You get the, all the camera controls back, so mm. a little easier. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because I, I... that's what I picked up. Yeah. I was like, yep, nope. <laughs> all right, moving along to our next thread, Modern Warfare and why I won't be buying the third. Controversial. It's touchy. Boom. Yeah. It's from Eskimo Keith. He says... When I received Modern Warfare 2 and completed the single-player campaign, in a mere five hours, I turned my attention to the Spec Ops mode. Spec Ops is a good idea, and it was fun in the day it took me to complete most of them and get bored with the walking tanks, a.k.a. juggernauts. Then there was multiplayer. I had a great feeling of deja vu when I played it. I could have sworn I had played it two years ago. And I had. Very if foreboding. <laughs> foreboding. Yeah. <laughs> if you take away the little tags and emblems you can earn in the game and the game-breaking killstreak rewards, it's the same as Modern Warfare. Companies like Nintendo and Activision are infamous for getting us to buy the same game over and over year after year, and I fall for it most time, more times than I can count. The only difference being I found Pokemon and Mario fun, Modern Warfare was not. He asks, what are everyone's thoughts on Modern Warfare 2? What are your thoughts about companies selling us the same game year after year? Is that a bad thing? Surely not if we enjoy it, but as I said, I won't be buying Modern Warfare 3 on its inevitable release. Alex. That's touchy. touchy. I mean... I'm a big FPS guy. I enjoy shooting people in the head. Right. <clears throat> in a game. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, like FPS dog. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But uh it's it's tough to, to like something when it's not that much different. And it is a game like like it, or sorry, it is a good game. I mean they did tighten it up. Right. But it's not it's not different enough, but you could argue any sequel isn't going to change the formula in any extravagant way. No, it's which, just like a, a really requested improvement. Yeah, but you, at the same time, if a game's successful, you don't want it to change. Yeah. Big example there, Command & Conquer 4. You know, CNC is one of the best series of all time, and then they go and change it entirely for the same, you know, because they have the different franchises, right? Right. But the, the Tiberium universe, and they just go and change it, and it's just not very good. <laughs> so, there you go. So, it's it walks a very fine line, but you still wanted a sequel to uh, CNC three. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Jordan, uh, I don't know. I I haven't played much CNC, but in terms of modern warfare, I probably won't 
I'm not that interested in the third one, not from the sense that they just put out the same game, but from the sense that the second uh, single-player campaign was really bad. I didn't... I hated it. Um, <laughs> and then also, I don't know, the multiplayer is good. It's a really good shooter. It's fun, but mm-hmm. I find that all the... Yeah, the killstreak rewards, all the perks and all that stuff, they they threw into it, made it so hectic and so crazy that I don't really have that much interest in playing it. So It takes less and less away from the skill of the player. Yeah, yeah well, when you, every time you spawn, you either get killed by a rocket-propelled grenade, like a helicopter, a, like, I don't know, an AC-130. Like, Maybe if you suck. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Sorry, apparently. If you're like a big there. noob. Yeah. <laughs> Daryl? You uh, you played Modern Warfare 2, right? Yeah, and I did kind of facepalm when I saw all the sales of it because everyone knew it was just going to be the same game again. <laughs> like, it, I don't know, like, was anyone actually surprised? I, I don't know. A couple a... kids on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what? I mean, I... I was expecting it to be quite familiar because, you know, ain't broke, don't fix it. But personally, I really enjoyed it. I conversely really enjoyed the single player campaign i wish it was longer but i mean it, it felt like the perfect slice of an evening for me i mean the story was over the top but i like over the top stories because uh, i mean like i'm killing like twenty thousand people along the way anyway so it's already over the top no matter what they say <laughs> so it, it had it had a couple of good set pieces but on the whole and the storyline didn't make yeah. much sense i mean <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. there you go like and the, the i was still for... gripped in there the whole time Regardless if I knew exactly what was going on or not, I was still like, oh, man. Regardless of whether I knew what was going on or not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, I thought the COD 4 story was was pretty good. It was like, awesome. They, they had, like, a... I guess it could tie into, like, our emotional reaction when they first did the nuke in yeah, COD 4. Yeah, I was 4. just thinking that. I was like, holy crap. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that was... Like, a... trying to get around in the helicopter if it gone down yeah that that was an intense scene but then in modern warfare 2 they were just like well this worked in the first one let's do it 10 more times <laughs> yeah it kind of takes away from the gravity of the situation yeah, yeah. we were in talking the about one, this yeah. before the show and it yeah. just kind of that's like the theme i got from the entire modern warfare 2 is they just kept doing the things that worked but they did it a few too many times so it yeah it got a little too much and now now a little, speci- a little heavy on the pepper yeah, <laughs> I think much. it's just a problem with the the Call of Duty franchise in general, though. I mean, how long is it going to be before people start getting pissed off with it? Well, actually, on that note, I have a very good quote from Adam, who I wish was here, but uh, no less, we have a huge quote from him uh, because he was the first to adamantly reply to Eskimo Keith. He said, ultimately, what exactly do you want from a shooting game, let alone a multiplayer experience? Saying that if you simply take away everything that made it new, titles, emblems, new skills, gun tweaks, levels, level design, graphical changes, gun attachments, killstreaks, sounds like a lot to me, uh, makes it the same game is unfair. Do you think you can do that with any game? What's so special about a new expansion for an RPG, a fighting game? Take away all the new characters, modes, costumes, supers, and the rebalances to Super Street Fighter 4, and hardly surprising, the result is Street Fighter 4. Modern Warfare 2 never set out to do anything more than improve upon the first, and while there are many issues that I have with the game, I am still very satisfied with my purchase. They improved upon the first game in every way possible, which Jordan may disagree with, and for that I am very happy. Perhaps it's because I'm playing on a console and have no need to complain about the dedicated servers, or perhaps it's because the game lends itself to a particular audience that I find myself okay with the community. Either way, they delivered what I wanted. Okay, just to completely go against that... 
compare the differences between Modern Warfare and Modern Warfare 2 and then compare the differences between Resistance 1 and Resistance 2. Yeah, pretty drastic changes. Although I didn't like the the route Insomniac took with the Resistance 2 for the most part, but they did. The, the they story was it kind of hit hit or miss because they kind of took everything the community said and then did it, and then everyone didn't like that. <laughs> Oops, community! We've always <laughs> got to be a little careful listening to the community. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like all of the other stuff they did, though, like the co- the co op and like the the multiplayer is there's they added so much more. Modern Warfare 2, they just added a few frills. But there's a whole huge package there anyway. Yeah, but why didn't they just add a, like, do DLC or something? They probably could have added the same stuff. I mean, like, it's it's hard to compare. Billions I mean, of sales, that that's why. <laughs> if you enjoy playing COD 4 and you can see yourself buying uh, Modern Warfare 2 just because it's the same quality of game, but, you know, I guess different settings. Uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is, uh, what Eskimo Keith sounds like he's saying is, why don't we just keep playing... Modern Warfare or COD Four, and never buy a new game again. It's because you kind of get, you know, you get sick of the atmosphere and whatnot. But you go buy Modern Warfare Two, same similar experience. It's awesome, but you know, it's refreshing. It's like I won't eat the same peach forever because it's going to get bad or I'm going to get sick of it. I'll go get a new peach. Maybe I'll try a pear or something. How big is this peach you have? <laughs> <laughs> you're you're fair to be saying to the developer, hey, you can just do a sequel that makes a few minor changes, but you know, that's, we're okay with that. I don't necessarily have a problem with like refinements to uh, to like the first game, and then in the sequel they refine it. It's a similar experience, but I guess Adam's point is that if you're the community and you like it, then you'll you'll that's what you'll want. You won't you won't want them to be that drastic with the changes. So I don't have a problem with that personally. In the case of Modern Warfare, I just am not really interested in the multiplayer well, or the story. Open anymore. it up into other franchises too, like you know, you said Pokemon and Mario. You know, there's the sports games year after year. The thing about this is that the one sh- uh, shooter I played a lot a few years back was SOCOM, and the original SOCOM they brought out, and then a year later they put out SOCOM Two, and SOCOM Two is really just an expansion and it fixed all the problems in SOCOM 1, made some new maps, made things better. And I loved it. I played the hell out of SOCOM 2. So I don't necessarily have a problem. I don't think developers need to reinvent the wheel with every sequel. But just in the specific case of Modern Warfare, I'm not interested in the series anymore. There's a there's kind of a there's kind of a careful balance you have to hit because if you keep releasing sequels you're not going to see a big enough change to warrant a new game purchase but they still have to make sales targets and they still have to sell games so they can make games right but if it's too soon you know it's a waste of money that's because that's the thing too with modern warfare modern warfare 2 really in the core game there isn't a giant change it's still it's still kind of you know you shoot other people (laughs) you have perks you have uh, well is there really a need to change that's just change for change sake by then but it took them two years Mm-hmm. It's it's not a, a gigantic leap. It's not like Call of Duty three to Modern Warfare. That's like that's a perfect sequel. Granted, different studios. Plus, yeah. oh, like if, <laughs> yeah. if you kind of go along that mantra, then you you're just basically saying, then why bother innovating? I'm not saying why bother innovating, but there's a there's a lot of games that are fantastic. Like Call of Duty four is like one of the best games I've ever played. I still believe that. I played 
a ridiculous amount of that. We played the single player a whole bunch of times. I played the multiplayer like crazy. It's like Super Smash Bros. A lot of people have played that for like six years straight, myself included. Yeah. It's great games like that. I mean, Same if here. they want to make a Me new too. one, I'm not just going to be like, okay, you better reinvent this amazing wheel or else it's not going to be warranting the purchase. It's just, it's asking way too much. It's they not really. They put a lot of effort into Modern Warfare 2, I think, and it sh- I think it shows. I mean, other I think in terms of having the same game again. I think people are just a bit spoiled for the 60 bucks they paid for the first game. And I got like, you know, 200 plus 300, 400 plus hours out of Call of Duty 4. Okay. But then you look at, uh, what, right. So they could have just carried on making World War II games because Call of Duty 1, 2, and 3 sold more than well enough. And uh, the the development time of Modern Warfare 2 to Call of Duty 3 was exactly the same amount of time between Modern Warfare and Modern Warfare 2. Would, would you rather that they just... Uh, carried on making similar sequels or would you rather they try to improve things like they did with modern warfare i mean change the scenery it's it's just the core thing i mean i think the the game is completely different <laughs> i didn't play call of duty 3 in particular so i can't really speak to it <laughs> I, or even I, know i played the beginning and uh, it was like oh treyarch no thank you it's in my opinion it's tough to justify a sequel on the same console generation just because you you're running on the same hardware, there's not going to be like a fundamental difference. Especially in the a game. Multi- online multiplayer game. If it's single mm-hmm. player focused, that's really easy. Oh if, yeah. If it's like just hardcore eight, to, you know, sixty hours of single player experience, that's it's easy to innovate. Yeah. If it's a multiplayer game. What are you supposed to do? You basically change the scenery and you make those incremental improvements. If it's you're already an amazing series like Call of Duty Four, brought to the series, then they don't have an enormous amount of wiggle room like they did coming into Call of Duty Four. Yeah. Yeah, basically, if you if you have a sequel on a different set of hardware, then you have like a ton more options as far as changing the game. I mean, you mentioned Super Smash Brothers, yeah, and going from the Nintendo sixty four to the GameCube versions, yeah, like those are two very different games with the same formula, but the extra hardware, you know, you have so much more to deal yeah, with. Even to the Wii, it wasn't graphical, but it was you know, there's online and they just expanded it even more. Exactly, it's not something you can do on the GameCube, so why bother with a sequel? I think as much as I hate to say it. Because I'm not really a big Nintendo guy, they do their sequels really, really well. Yeah, like it's like once or maybe no. twice a generation. <laughs> well, I mean, in terms with, of the core with a couple games. exceptions, but they put out the same game for 20 years. They do like they do exactly what you're saying. Well, like maybe not Smash Bros, but I don't know. Nintendo does. They put out the same franchises over and over and over again they and do again do and again. But it has changed. Like Metroid Prime from Metroid was huge. Exactly. But but most of the times, like okay, so Zelda, for example, uh, they did uh, Majora's Mask. They changed it all. Everyone complained. What about what about Mario Kart? They've Mario Kart has not changed since uh, the I, original. I'm not, I'm not arguing that. I mean, there's <laughs> there's a lot of key franchises. Nintendo is really here and there in terms of uh, what franchise they don't need to like, you know reinvent the wheel in somewhere. It just has sucked the whole time. Yeah. What about New <laughs> Super Mario Brothers? Like, yeah, there's four player co op, but that's the same game from 20 years ago. Like. They can, I think, the point being, like, you can't say a blanket statement one way or the other. There can be good games that are just slight refinements of the previous one. Yeah, but then you need to have a balance of both. The jump for Infinity Ward from COD 2 to COD 4, Modern Warfare, yeah, that was a huge jump. They... And in the online portion, they changed a lot. They added the perks. They added, like, the RPG leveling-type elements. So that was the big change. Right. I guess you to go forward, I guess the problem with this is that Modern Warfare 2, they didn't really change any of the 
the online features. They didn't add any new innovations, but I don't think that was really the aim with this game, and I don't necessarily have a problem with it. Their aim was to make as much money as possible. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> but it's but like, I mean, okay, so you ref- Kyle, you, you reference sports games, okay? Um, and I don't think many people do buy the game year on year on year. Like, uh, I buy Pro Evo, but I don't buy it every single year. I buy it, like, once every three or four years because then you can actually see big changes. Other than a roster update. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, they do change things, like how things work and all that. And, and, and it helps... Uh, with like Pro Evo because FIFA is, is really pushing and Pro Evo they basically didn't do any changes for like four or five years and now uh, FIFA have overtaken them and for like six or seven years FIFA were the that was the crap one no one played FIFA but because of because Pro Evo kind of rest on the laurels they just didn't do any changes they didn't, didn't feel they need to because they were already selling loads they're they're now the one that no one likes if if they carry, if Activision carry on doing this and it looks like they will, then people will get fed up. I mean, I think there's still those incremental, at least, improvements. And Call of Duty is two years apart compared to the one year apart, so they get a bit more... Well, it, it kind of is, but I mean, World at War wasn't really that much different. That's true, but I, I do generally hate that game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just try not to think about it. Yeah. yeah. I, I, see, I completely forgot it existed there. Thanks for spoiling my happiness. <laughs> it's not that bad. Oh. Treyarch gets a bad rap. They're not as good as Infinity Ward, but it's not. they're not awful games. They might be now. Yeah, maybe. Exactly. That's the whole point about... Treyarch that's is... the whole other angle to Modern Warfare 3 yeah. we haven't got into, is that it might not even be worth playing because the studio won't be there. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. We can get but... to that in a second. Um. So, any final final thoughts? I don't know. Well, just from the sports thing you guys were talking about, I was just going to bring up Madden, and that begrudgingly I buy it every year, but that's only because EA shuts off all the online capabilities of as soon as the new Madden comes <laughs> out, the old one online is done. Dirty. So, oh yeah, they're ruthless with that. So I trade in the old Madden and then buy the new one, but I don't like doing that. Well, Modern Warfare Three. If it comes out on the current generation, I'm not going to buy it. I'll tell you that much it will. right now. It will. Guaranteed. Yeah. Part of me knows that. <laughs> well, I mean, if, but, if circumstances hadn't changed with Infinity Ward, and I mean, like, Bad Company 2 and uh, Medal of Honor are going to be bringing the heat. So, they, you know, they will be pushed to innovate. I mean, it's... Uh, well, will they, though? Because, like, they know that if they just make the same game again, it's still going to sell like crazy. Yeah, I yeah but I wouldn't say that Infinity Ward hasn't innovated with Modern Warfare 2. Yes, it was a lot of the core same stuff, but it was a different game. So they're going to take what's what they got one-upped by the other competition, and they're going to you know make those changes as well. And they'll come up with this new game, new story, new setting, new maps, new everything, and they'll make their improvements. And if it ends up being a really solid experience, I'm probably going to just love it all the same. Well, I think the whole Jason West, Zampella split and all that stuff going on kind of proves that they're not going to innovate with it. That Activision was just kind of interested in, like, we need Modern Warfare 3. Like, we're going to do what you're saying. We're going to put out some refinements and sell a billion copies of it. But uh, I guess this whole situation proves that, like, Zampella and West didn't want to do that. So now they've broken off and they're doing their own thing. Right. So... The creative part of Infinity Ward, I think, is moved on. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're running out of time, so we're going to have to wrap up the show right here. 
You can find Minigup in the Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union podcast series on GamingUnion.net, and you can subscribe on iTunes. You can also find it on its own for download on GamingUnion.net. And we can encourage you to join the forums. You might just hear yourself on the show or the topic you join in on or start yourself, or you can just have fun in the forums like we do. Woo! Once again, the next next Monday's episode will be Kingdom Hearts Union. The next Minigup will be released on May 4th. If there's any changes to the schedule, we'll let you know on either Final Fantasy Union or Kingdom Hearts Union. And also, check out Liveware Network. It's awesome, and you should try it, because awesome things great to experience. we got a lot of stuff going on around the house now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Alex, good to have you back. Good to be here. Jordan, Alex, Daryl, would you like to say your goodbyes? I think we're gonna have to revisit this topic again because this is a <laughs> mammoth. This is a monster. I do definitely want to discuss Infinity Ward and Respawn Entertainment. Definitely. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. just the whole thing of sequels and innovation. We tried to tackle it in like 15 minutes. This is like an hour conversation. Maybe we can discuss <laughs> yeah. it when Modern Warfare 3 comes out because we all know when it's gonna come out. It's for 2011. All right, guys. Jordan, Alex, Daryl, would you like to say your farewells? Farewell. Peace out. Till next time. Alright, and I'm Kyle saying goodbye. This has been a tweaksmusic.com and gaminguniondotnet production. <laughs>